Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, and always brought to uh, uh, you by Leap Spirits Vodka, the best vodka in Wisconsin or anywhere, and Wags, we're making cocktails. What do you have in store today? Yeah, we're going to do a Wisco Mule. So, uh, to start off with, we're going to do a ice-filled copper mug, and always using our Leap Spirits Vodka, one and a half ounces. And this is a really simple drink. You can do this at any tailgate. Um, and then we're going to do a little splash of Contreau or Grand Marnier. And then just spill with your favorite ginger beer, about four ounces. Garnish with a lime. And even when the kids are screaming in the tailgate, drink tastes delicious. Here you go. Let me try. Anybody who's a parent knows you got to have one once in a while. Go back, go. Go back, go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave a wish you good luck. Only thing I will Good morning and welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast here on a Saturday morning. I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane. Uh, bright and early, coffee in hand as we uh, preview our week seven matchup. Packers traveling to Washington to take on the Commanders this week. And Dane, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful Saturday morning. I'm ready for some Packer football. Packers are three and three, but uh, opportunity to maybe bump a, a win in here and and maybe turn things around. It's been a tough start to the year this year for the Packers. Packers already have the as many losses this year as they did in the regular season. You know, a couple times here over the the course of the last couple of years. So um, we need to figure things out. And I think this is a really good chance to go on the road, play an opponent that should be inferior, and go, get out of there with a win. Um, now. Easier said than done, uh, but uh, I'm curious to see how this team looks and how this team bounces back after the last couple of weeks of pretty disappointing losses against two, um, I think, average New York teams. Yeah, and that was the story. I was just going to say the last two games as well. We expected this to be the softer part of the schedule and Packers could rack up some wins here in the early season, and, uh, and we know how that's gone the last couple of weeks. So um, I think the biggest key for me this week is Dane. Uh, uh, we'll get into some of the key matchups here against the commanders, uh, but it, it's all about not shooting ourselves in the foot. And I think the Packers worst uh, enemy has been themselves a lot of times this season. And that, that's not taking anything away from what uh, the opponents have done against us schematically and execution wise. Uh, but uh, to me, the Packers just need to focus on what they can do well and how they can play better and get back to playing the high level football that we know that they're capable of. So uh, that's, that's, I think going to be, kind of a common theme in our discussion this morning. Uh, but uh, th th make no mistake, even though the commanders do have some key injuries, I think mm -hmm. they have some mismatches uh, that can pose some problems for us, especially based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks in particular. So, Dan, why don't we dive into that first, starting with the injury report. Um, for the Packers, it looks like we've got a few guys. Uh, now, since we're recording this later than we usually do on a Saturday morning, we know who's been ruled out. Uh, 
uh, for the Packers. And that's a couple wide receivers. Randall Cobb, we did expect. Um, and uh, Christian Watson was not able mm-hmm. to come back and practice this week. So he's not going to be going. And then, of course, uh, John, um, sorry, not John Runyon, uh, Jake Hansen, um, unfortunately tore up his bicep. So uh, he is going to be out as well. So, uh, Dane, I think um, when you look at that, the first thing that I'm looking at is the wide receiver. Uh, and depth. We saw Sammy Watkins come back to practice. So we'll find out, I think, later this morning if the Packers decide Mm -hmm. to activate and sign Sammy Watkins to 53-man roster, or if he's not ready, it's going to be Juwan Winfrey uh, because he's, unfortunately, we've used all three of his uh, call-ups from the practice squad. Uh, So if they need to use Juwan Winfrey, uh, they'll have to sign him to 53. And uh, what that means is, is that he may not be on the Packers roster in a few weeks down the road if they need to make more changes. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do later this morning. But um, the wide receiver depth will come into question and come into play here either way. So, Dane, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on, on, on that or any of the other injuries on the Packers side. Well, it's it's not surprising. The Randall Cobb one certainly expected him to be out. Um, the Christian Watson, not surprising, but disappointing. Um, hoping that we can get him back here here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, the Packers. Um, this does not help the chorus uh, um, from from the the Packer fan base of we need to get another wide receiver. <laughs> um, it's just right now this this is a, a receiving core that is decimated by injury and decimated by not really having an established playmaker. Sammy Watkins had a one really nice game and then he got injured. And that's unfortunately been something that's happened to Sammy Watkins quite a bit in his career, uh, from my understanding. So, um, yeah, the Packers go in and I just, right now, uh, even with everybody healthy, um, there's potential, but there's definitely not anybody there that's um, established. And it makes you start to wonder, okay, are they going to go make a move here before the trade deadline? I know that's a, a discussion for a different day, um, but I do have a little bit of concern going into Washington and going into the rest of the year with the receiving core the way it is because things are not going hunky-dory on this offense right now. And um, it, I, it's never been a bad thing to add talent. Um, so I'm just a, a little concerned Broadly speaking, uh, let alone going into this week at the wide receiver front, Wags, I just I'm not sure if we have the guys right now um, to to um, get us where we want to go. Yeah, um, well, we could see a little bit. I don't know if we'll get snaps from Samari Touré this week. I think it'll really depend on um, if Watkins is ready to go. I, obviously, uh, uh, Winfrey would probably get reps ahead of Samari Touré, but uh, he has not uh, been really involved at all. Um, actually wasn't active. active uh, most, yeah, most so yeah. Um, uh, showed some things in the preseason. Packers wanted to keep him on the roster. Um, so, you know, it's when the depth starts getting down there, uh, that's that's another potentiality. And then, of course, Samari Rogers got a few more reps last week offensively, so we'll see if he's able yeah. to step up a little bit as well. But we're going to need someone to step up either way um, in this pass game. So we'll get into some of that, I think, uh, as well. But before we do that, I think we should touch on a few of the, the commander's injuries, yes. since there are some potentially significant ones. And and Dane, it really starts to, to me with uh, they're down their starting quarterback. And say what you will about Carson Wentz, uh, that means we're going to get Taylor Heineke this week, yes. uh, uh, who I think is 
been a pretty effective backup quarterback uh, in the times he's had to come in. Uh, but um, uh, Carson Wentz is out this week. And uh, then they're also out uh, William Jackson, a third at cornerback, and Logan Thomas, uh, tight end, and uh, one of their backup running backs and Jonathan Williams uh, is out. Um, and then Diami Brown, uh, kind of a deep threat mm-hmm. for them at wide receiver, is out as well. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Washington is able to patch some things together. They've got other guys. Um, Jahan Dotson is questionable as well, yeah. the rookie wide receiver, yeah, first-round pick. Yeah. So, you know, um, they've still got a couple, uh, a few really solid veteran receivers, uh, but uh, Terry McLaurin um, and uh, Curtis Samuel. But um, it, this could be a commander's team that's a, a little bit more shorthanded. There seemed to be a little bit beat up. Um, uh, when you look at this injury report. So I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are when you look over some of the guys that are going to be out and potentially out uh, uh, on this injury report for, for Washington. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's a really good, really good point. I think that anytime the, the guy I'm kind of circling right now is Jahan Dotson, uh, a young, young uh, wide receiver. Uh, as you mentioned, he was their first round pick. I mean, he's a top 20 pick. And um, he had one game. I thought this uh, this earlier this season that was was pretty darn um, telling uh, of the talent and, and the kind of guy that he could uh, become in this league. Um, you know, speedster, but dynamic. Catches the ball extremely well. Um, can just cause problems to the NFL uh, level. So um, if he's not there, that's a huge bonus, I think, for the Packers. Um, and then Logan Thomas as well, their tight end, um, you know, who is, is, isn't is prone to big, big games, but he's a guy who you just have to watch over the middle. Uh, he's athletic enough to know that he is confirmed is out this week. It's just one less headache. I think for this Packers team uh, and this defense, that's going to be facing a, a fair number uh, of guys, um, you know, that that can do something with the ball in their hands. Wake. So I think that those are the two, um, probably the most glaring from the injury report as I kind of look it over. Um, but you know, certainly the this Washington Commanders team is no stranger to injuries, kind of like the Packers right now. They're they're definitely banged up as well. Uh, so I just think that um, you know. Uh, the the Dotson injury is the one. He's a guy who can who can make some <coughs> excuse me who can make some um, challenges happen uh, with this defense, especially Wags with um, you know McLaurin and some of the other Samuels as you mentioned, some of the other talented wide receivers on this team. Um, Dotson's one less headache for for a corner back room and a defensive back room that's had some ups and downs this year. Yeah. Um, so why don't we get into some of the key matchups then, uh, Dan? Uh, let's start offensively for the Packers because yeah. that's been kind of the uh, uh, thing that's been really aggravating. I think as we look at the execution on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, I know I touched on the wide receivers and how mm-hmm. depth could be tested a little bit already, uh, but I think I'd like to start up front with the offensive line, uh, because this is going to be where the turnaround offensively can happen if or when it happens. And so um, we saw Elton Jenkins get, it was a, a planned day off on Friday. Uh, the coaching staff has been really cagey 
this week uh, as far as whether they're going to make any changes or shuffle some guys around or bring in any new guys in uh, to be part of that starting five up front um, or whether they're just going to stick with what they have and try to fix the problems. Um, and so yeah. I, I'm just curious, Dean, do you think that caginess is just a lot of gamemanship and there will be some changes or is, is this going to be another week um, of, of Royce Newman at right guard and Elton Jenkins at right tackle? And I just hope that they figure things out and get better because uh, I'll tell you what, when you look at Washington up front, um, they've got some guys. They have been able to put a lot of pressure, um, both in the pass game and the run game. Uh, they've coming off two pretty strong performances uh, against the run. And uh, so this isn't, unfortunately, a, a great matchup uh, for this offensive line if they're trying to get right. But uh, they're just going to have to flat out play better. Um, and I think Washington can pose some problems uh, with their front, uh, especially when you look at, um, you know, uh, Jonathan Allen up front, just a big man. Um, and um, they've got guys on the outside in uh, Montez Sweat um, and Smith-Williams. Um, you know, they certainly are going to try to get after the quarterback as much as possible. So, um, uh, Dane, what do you think is going to happen, first of all, uh, with personnel-wise? And uh, how can the Packers adjust and execute and play better up front? Because uh, that's going to set table for what they need to do offensively. Yeah, so I think, and I'm going to say unfortunately, I think the Packers are going to stick uh, with what they've been doing. And um, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, because I, I think we've been huge proponents for the Yash Nyman over at the right side um, here on this podcast. But I do think the Packers are going to go in this week um, yet again with Royce Newman uh, at guard. And then um, the secondary would be Zach Tom, their, their rookie guard, um, fourth-round pick, I think could also get a look at that guard spot. But I do think Royce Newman's going to um, step in and, and be the starter again this week. And you mentioned the caginess. Sometimes you can tell when the Packers are being coy, uh, in my opinion, and sometimes when they're just going to kind of, they're trying to just brush off and, and kind of keep moving forward. And I think that that's what they're doing right now. And and that Royce Newman, uh, this Packers coaching staff obviously seems to like Royce Newman an awful lot. Uh, they, they tried him at right tackle as well, right? Uh, so he's somebody who they, they, they're trying to find a spot for him. Um, but I'm just not sure at, at this time, especially after last week's performance, if this is the, the right decision when I'd much rather see somebody like Nyman on the outside and bumping Elton Jenkins to the inside. Now, I don't know what the politics are inside the locker room, um, you know, with, with you know, bumping Jenkins back inside or I don't know any of that. But uh, I do know that I think that the, the best five may not be out there uh, again this week. And as you mentioned, uh, a, not a great time to have that happen. I mean, Payne and Allen, uh, the the two defensive tackles, Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen, while not household names, Wags in the NFL are are guys that just get it done. Uh, they are disruptive. They're guys that um, can make uh, for a very very long day against offensive lines that are performing well. And then Montez Sweat is really the guy I'm circling for for this Washington football team. Um, he's developed into 
somewhat of a pass rushing monster. He's a guy who can get after the quarterback. He's a guy that can give headaches um, uh, on the regular. I've seen him be disruptive, not just in the sack totals, but just quarterback uh, rushes and, and, and hurries and hits and, and around the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, against an offensive line that is in a bit of disarray at times so far this year, coming into Washington on the road against a defensive line that's performing the way that they've been performing this year um, does give me cause for concern. And and um, this is a really big test. While the Washington football team overall maybe isn't the most talented, um, that you know, you can win football games on, on one major pressure point, especially when you're not able to control the line of scrimmage or when your quarterback's under pressure a lot. We saw it again last week with Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback's under pressure. Things, Good things probably aren't going to happen more often than not. So going into this week, Wags, um, I, I, I do think it's going to be Royce Newman at guard, uh, and I do think that um, we're going to have our hands full uh, against this this team. And if you know if Aaron's getting hit early and often, I'm really going to impress upon this coaching staff to make make a switch uh, and, and and try to figure this out because um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. If we continue to see no results. Um, with the current five that we have out there, I think we need to reshuffle a little bit and rethink how we're doing things. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I we'll see. I, I think again that could be gamemanship. I, I actually do expect them to make a change, and, and the reason is is because with Jake Hansen now out, is he's kind of with the backup uh, at guard. If they need to make a change in game, their options are much more limited. Uh, I, I don't know if Sean Ryan is ready, uh, based on what we saw in the preseason, and it seems it's not really pushing. He's a guy that we drafted pretty highly uh, to have that versatility to come in and potentially play guard or tackle, um, and uh, we haven't seen a, a whiff of him uh, as a, a potential guy to come out there. Um, so in game, then it's I just don't see Dane them making a change of bringing Yash Nyman in at right tackle in game and moving Elton Jenkins into guard. Mm-hmm. Could they do it? They could, but I'm not sure that that's going to be the plan. Um, so then it's sure. is it Zach Tom uh, as as the the backup guy that's ready to go on the wings if Royce Newman struggles again? Um, so I, if they're going to make a big change it's going to happen from the start and Yash Nyman will be at right tackle uh, and Elton Jenkins will move inside um, that's that's I think um, what we'll see so we'll know right away um, so maybe I'm just hopeful that that's what's going to happen and I think a lot of other Packer fans share our sentiment um, look Royce Newman had potential he played pretty well last year so this isn't a guy that just hasn't shown that he can play in this league um so in the the coach's defense you know you always want to try to help guys play better uh it wasn't just royce newman that played poorly last week Uh, john runyon jr had i think one of his you know worst performances as a pro last week um I, i don't know if having two guards struggling made it 
uh, had more of an impact on on Josh Myers not playing his best game as well, uh, or if it was just Josh Myers just didn't play his best game. So, I mean, all three of these young guys in the interior need to play better and they need to play cohesively. So I think that's the biggest thing. We talk a lot about communication in the defensive backfield. Uh, Well, there's got to be a lot of communication on the offensive line uh, because uh, when these stunts happen and, you know, you see it, Josh Myers hands off his guy expecting, um, uh, you know, one of his guys, whether that's just Runyon on his left side or whether that's Newman on his right side, to be right there to pick up uh, the uh, uh, defensive lineman. And they're not there. They're not in that position. That's that's uh, uh, as much a communication issue as it is just a purely execution. So uh, there's the mental and preparation side of things uh, that uh, unfortunately didn't uh, happen. Um, so that can, to be fair, be corrected through coaching, through film, uh, through practice. Uh, so it, it, it's not necessarily all a physical thing with Royce Newman um, and John Runyon Jr., for that matter. Um, I, I think to a lesser degree, Josh Myers at the center position. Uh, so uh, while I think it's easier to say if they're not making a change, the coaching staff isn't doing their job, um, I would also just – to be fair, uh, defend the fact that these are correctable issues as glaring as they've been. Um, so um, we'll, we'll have to see what the decision is uh, when it's out there. But, Dane, I think we could beat a dead horse uh, with this. Uh, they, at the end of the day, no matter what five they have out there, they just need to play much, much better football. Uh, one of the things I also want to mention, too, that Washington's done the last couple of weeks against run-heavy teams is uh, they've deployed a, a five-man front they call a Cinco package, um, bringing in one of their backup uh, nose tackles, uh, John Ridgeway, um, to play in the middle spot. He's uh, you know 330-pound uh, nose tackle, uh, and that's been something that's helped them. When you look at uh, just statistically and break down what they've done against the run, they're pretty much middle of the road, uh, but uh, the, the way that they've uh, been able to hold up really well against the Titans and Bears, uh, really run heavy, maybe not the most dynamic offenses, uh, but really run heavy offenses the last couple of weeks shows that uh, they've made some nice adjustments. So the Packers are going to have to be ready for that as well. Wags, um, curious your take here. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers and this passing game, um, they may not have all day to sit back there and throw the football. I think at their best, and and this goes back a number of years, I think at the Packers' best, um, Rodgers is great at getting the ball out quickly and, 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 you know, kind of trying to take away a strength of an opposing defense. Do you see this as uh, a game where the Packers try to get right offensively with some short-timed passing routes, some crossing routes, um, you know, not, not trying to do too much and instead, um, you know, really just just um, trying to keep it simple, get back to the basics. Kind of Rogers mentioned talk about getting, simplifying things a little bit, but it's a simple way. Get the ball out, pinpoint accuracy from Rogers, and let your receivers make some plays. Um, or, or do you see a different um, package coming in this week? Well, that's a great question. I guess it depends. Um, if it's... If it's just the play call is the short pass, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily lend to Aaron being able to read the defense and make the best, best pass play because we've seen a lot, we've seen those, um, 
have mixed degrees of success where he literally throws it and it's a behind the line pass play. And then it's up, it's more of a, a screen. It's, it's basically a run. It's, it's a pass that's basically a running play uh, because they've got receivers out there blocking, whether that's Alan Lazard, whether that's Romeo Dobbs, um, you know, whether that's Randall Cobb, whomever they've targeted in those types of passes. It really just comes down to you um, pass and then blocking and execution. Um, Romeo Dobbs, we've seen be pretty effective with some of those yeah. passes where he's picking up seven, eight yards. Uh, so I, I think it, part of it is, is who are they targeting uh, on those designed plays? And so if, if it's Dobbs, if it's Bob Cunyon, um, if it's Aaron Jones, I think those are three guys that I would like to, uh, see get the ball in some of those situations now are they going to go out there and get chunk yardage every time you call that play probably not um the the problem with those plays is once the defense sees them uh they can become a little bit predictable and they're not that difficult to defend uh to be honest with you traditionally wide receivers the packers have some pretty good uh blocking wide receivers but most times when you're relying on your receivers to block and you've got you know, a big linebacker shooting in because they read right. that play, it, it, they can blow it up in a hurry. And, and that's, you know, corner safeties can do the same thing. Uh, so I don't want to rely on that. Um, now, on the other side of the coin, Dean, we talk about, you know, getting rid of the ball quickly and simplifying. You know, they've got multiple route trees that they have in these pass plays. So it's not like they call a play, the wide receiver goes up to the line, and they have one route option. So I'm really interested when Aaron says simplifying and and getting tempo, and he he wants to get rid of the ball quickly, it's sort of a chicken and egg thing because if the wide receiver runs a different route based on what they're seeing than what Aaron is expecting based on what he's seeing – is it making it simpler uh, to go up there and uh, play with more tempo, maybe have less motion uh, and let Aaron really read the defense and, and let loose? I don't know. I'm not sure if that's actually simplifying things or not. So um, that's that's where I struggle with this, Dean, because mm-hmm. you can say, oh, let's simplify it. But what exactly does that does mean? mean? Because if it just means that we're just we're going to go back to basics and take out some of those options, um, that's all well and good. But is that actually going to help the Packers offense be more dynamic? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe for one week it does. Uh, but I, I, I'm not sure if that in the long run necessarily cures what they they've been dealing with so um it's 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 not as simple as just saying oh we need to go out there and maybe reduce the number of 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 options or route trees that these receivers have call more design specific uh play routes or options where aaron is throwing behind the line of scrimmage i i'm not sure that that solves the problems we need to be able to figure out how we can exploit some of the underneath some of the mid-level passing game that that's really gone missing and then eventually hopefully we can unlock some of the vertical pass game that just has unfortunately not been there all season wags anything else offensively before we switch over to the defense we haven't really talked too much about um aaron jones aj Dillon, aaron jones like, yeah <laughs> yeah and, uh we could have I mean, led with probably that the most important sure. part of this offense right so i think that uh, how do you see them deploying aaron this week 
I wish I could say that they'll they'll give him the ball. Um, but he <laughs> got three touches all week in the, or all year, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he got three touches in the first half last week against the Jets. And uh, Dane, honestly, I, I think what they really need to do is is figure out how to get. Aaron Jones rhythm and instead of going you know this whole balance back and forth within series within um you know uh, and I'm not saying that they can't still have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon out there at the same time in their pony package um, or that AJ Dillon shouldn't get the ball but to me I think it starts with Aaron Jones so let's lean on him more heavily early in the game set the tempo, let's see if he can get some chunk yards, get a rhythm, and really get this offense moving because he's the engine. And so it's oversimplifying it just to say we need to give Aaron Jones the ball more. Um, That's the answer, uh, but what is the solution? Uh, Because you have to be able to still have an effective game plan where the defense doesn't know exactly what you're doing. Because obviously every defense is knows that Aaron Jones is the best playmaker on on this Packers offense. And so they're all predicated on trying to figure out how to take him away as well. And so when we get some of these stack box looks, is Aaron going to just – grin and bear it and still try to hand Aaron Jones the ball against those stack boxes or it was Aaron, you know, going to make what should be the right decision and continue to check into a pass. Well, he's, he's been checking into the passes uh, probably more often than not. um, And it unfortunately hasn't led to the results that we would expect Um, for whatever reason. We just haven't been able to get on the same page, whether that's the blocking up front, whether that's the wide receivers running the correct routes, um, whether it's Aaron, you know, being more accurate on his throws, to be quite honest with you. So, um, so Dane, I, I, I don't know if I have the answer to this test. Mm-hmm. We can say just give Aaron Jones the ball more, and, and maybe just that's what they need to do uh, is let's stop you know overthinking this, give him the ball. Sometimes he might only get two yards, but maybe he gets a crease and he gets 10 against some of these stacks boxes, and, um, and that might break some of those defensive looks a little bit, relieve some of the pressure, and uh, give this offense a few more looks that they're able to throw on the, at these defenses, get the ball moving, move the chains, and uh, hopefully uh, they're able to uh, be able to build on that. So uh, um, I think, uh, yeah, so, Dane, I don't know if you have an answer. I, I guess to no, me I mean, it's you, just – You said let's, it, let's, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not as simple as just getting the guy the ball, right? Otherwise, it's going to be – third and 10 every time. Um, but um, I, I, I do watch other teams and their ability to get their best playmakers the ball in space, um, whether it's a wide receiver or running back. I, I would like to see um, what Matt LaFleur and company come up with this week um, to, to try to isolate Aaron Jones one-on-one with uh, favorable matchups with the ball in his hands. Now, what, what, what the nuts and bolts of that is, I don't know. Um, but uh, it remains to be seen, but you know that's that's what I'm hoping the coaching staff really takes to heart this week is finding creative ways to get Aaron Jones mixed in because um, he is our best chance, I think, at consistent success offensively this year. 
Well, could it just be a matter of more targets in the pass in a short short pass Very game? Possibly. I mean, Aaron Jones isn't a receiver, but he's a darn good one when he gets the opportunity. Maybe not so much downfield, but uh, if if he's if he's kind of a release valve, and, and again, teams know that they're 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 following him around. It's not like Aaron Jones is is you know wide open all right. over the field, uh, but that might be uh, another way where it's not just. We're trying to just force running the ball with Aaron Jones, but uh, you know, it, there's other guys to throw to you. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind forcing uh, it to Aaron Jones, maybe a couple extra times in the pass game, mm-hmm. and just see what he can do with it. And again, even if it's you know positive yards, it's not necessarily going to go for ten, fifteen yards every time. But um, I think the more you get the ball in his hands, um, the more likely that he can break one of those. So yeah. uh, it, it, that's that to me, I think, is what. What is another thing that's been missing is let's just see if we can get that that uh, check down option for Aaron Jones and uh, see what he can do with it uh, with a few more touches in the past game as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well All right, Dean, I think we should, um, yeah, let's, let's take a break, um, talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. So, folks, I want to set up a scenario here. Imagine Mason Crosby lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining the possession are slim. The stakes are high. Tension is higher. Your pulse is racing. I'm getting flashbacks back to the 24-13 NFC Championship game in reverse. He kicks, and you watch, and the ball lands, uh, and uh, I I just want to say, Dane, this scenario is what every play can feel like. Uh, It's so exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook um, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and win $200 in free bets if your team wins. Yeah, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Um, Wags, this week, I, I, I look at the Packers going into to Washington um, and, and their favored team. I love the Packer matchup. I mean, it's going to be a tough one, but, um, you know, every week you can bet on the Packers or you can look at um, some of the other teams and make it a really interesting Sunday for you. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. Yep, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use your promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets. Your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and restriction, uh, uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so Dane, I think we could uh, slide over then to the Packers' defense against this Washington Commanders' offense. Uh, we talked we talked about it at the top. Um, they're going to be missing a few guys, uh, starting with quarterback Carson Wentz. So when you look at Taylor Heineke, um, he's not obviously a top line starting caliber quarterback in this league. Uh, but there's a lot of folks uh, in Washington that uh, feel that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe for a one-game, two-game scenario, Taylor Heineke might uh, be able to be more effective uh, leading this Washington offense than Carson Wentz has been. Uh, just uh, knowing the scheme, knowing some of the reads, um, he's not afraid to let it fly, uh, and he's got a couple of uh, good wide receivers, in, uh, particularly in uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, and so, Dane, what, what are some of the key matchups you see, and how can we uh, perhaps exploit uh, some of the things that Tyler Haneke can bring to the table and some of the things that he can. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, great question, Wags. And I'll tell you what, um, if we're afraid of Taylor Heineke coming into this game, let's just wrap things up right now. Um, that's the reality. Um, you know, he, he, he can throw the ball a little bit, but he's also extremely turnover prone uh, for, for Washington. Um, last year, uh, I believe he threw like 15 picks in 16 appearances. He throws the ball. He gives the ball up. And this is something the Packers have not been very good at this year is get, uh, defensively is getting their ball on the hands of the opposing team's uh, uh, football and, and getting turnovers particularly interceptions. I'm looking for that to change this week. Heineke does have an arm. He's not afraid to throw. I actually like his game a little bit. I like play the game, uh, but he does uh, leave the game open for some um, some uh, mistakes. Uh, he leaves the game open for some um, poor decision-making. Um, he can be a little overly aggressive at times and definitely, definitely, definitely will give this Packers defense uh, one, two, three chances uh, to, to take the ball away from the Washington offense. So that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm circling immediately with this with this matchup is getting Heineke off his, um, off his base uh, out of the pocket and make him make poor decisions. And I want to see this Packers defense ball hawk a little bit more this week and take the ball away. Um, if the Packers take the ball away from, from Heineke, I think we win the football game this week. If we let him sit back there in the pocket and be comfortable and throw the ball and pick us apart, it could be another long day at the office for the Green Bay defense. But this is a good statement game for this Packer defense to play four quarters, take the ball, and, and win the football game. That's that's what I'm looking at right away, Wags. I, I, Heineke's got a lot of game experience. He's a starting quarterback, or he has been in this league. He'll probably start more games this year for Washington down the road. Um, but... Um, it doesn't mean he's all world. There's a reason that they brought in Carson Wentz. So we should go after him. I want to bring pressure against him wherever we can. I see uh, possibilities across this offensive line where that's doable. Um, and I think Heineke's going to give us football. Do you think that they might run with some, maybe not the exact same game plan, but some similarities of what we saw against the Jets last week? Um, let Jair kind of just cook a little bit. Uh, perhaps he lines up against McLaurin uh, exclusively or at least the majority of the snaps um, and, and see how he's able to handle that matchup. Um, yes. and, and then, you know, I think um, I, I'll let you answer that question in a second, but also kind of with that, Eric Stos has gotten picked on a, a little bit here in the year two, um, not necessarily to in a volume sense, but um, uh, when he's been targeted, unfortunately it's been really effective for opposing offenses. Um, I, I saw that he's been, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately the completion rate uh, against him and the, and the targets that he's seen has been very, very high this year. So um, is there something that the Packers can do uh, perhaps between um, Eric Stokes um, to uh, get him lined up and, and get the most effective matchups as well uh, after seeing them unlock Jair Alexander in the last week as well? 
Yeah, I mean, really, really good questions, Wags. Um, let's talk about Stokes. Um, I I have a lot of confidence in him still, and yeah, I think he's had hit a little bit of a of a um, second year slump, so to speak. Um, but overall, I think he's an extremely talented. Um, defensive back. I, I do wonder if maybe this week the Packers give him a little extra help over the top when they're playing man, uh, just just to kind of um, kind of assist in some of that and, and give him a little bit um, more flexibility to play freely and not feel the pressure on his shoulders. I think Jair Alexander, um, going back to your original question, should definitely be locked in on Terry McLaurin this week. Take him away. Take him away as best we possibly can and then help Stokes out on the other side. Um, when Washington drops back in the pass, they do have some talented receivers. If Jahan Dotson doesn't go, though, it really does limit them to, to Terry on one side and Samuels on the other. Um, but I think the Packers have the, the horses, so to speak, to be able to um, keep up with them and, and really take some of that away. Um, but if we if we fall back in some of that zone coverage that we've seen earlier this year, I, I fear that that's going to be um, just what Heineke in this Washington offense would want to see. So I say, put the pedal to the metal, be aggressive. You might get burned once in a while. We saw Stokes, you know, late in the game, get beat on that play for about 40 yards or so last week. And, you know, I, that one actually didn't bother me so much because I was like, you know what, we're being aggressive and, um, you know, we're putting our we're putting our best guys out there and doing the best to try to take it away. And sometimes you get burned when that happens. That's, that's life in the NFL. Um, but I think um, the reason the Packers were in it as long as they were defensively last week is because they are playing just that way. So I expect more of the same this week against Washington. We might see a chunk play here and there if, um, if one of the guys gets beat. But um, overall, in totality, I like this Packers defense playing with a little bit more of a tilt uh, and a little bit more of an aggressive edge to them and, and, and putting more responsibility on their best playmakers. Yeah, I think one other thing I want to touch on with the, uh, this past offense for the commanders, because they are going to be a little bit shorthanded, especially if Jahan Dotson is unable to go. And so it makes sense to let's have Jair on their main guy and give Stokes or Razul Douglas some help. Uh, against Carter Samuel and some of their other secondary or tertiary receivers that they threw out there. Um, you know, I, 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 we talked about at the top uh, with, with Washington being without um, a, a couple of other wide receivers this week, uh, that's going to kind of limit them similar to how the Packers can be limited offensively with their wide receivers this week. Uh, but JD McKissick is a big part of their passing game as a running back. He's usually only out there in, in passing down situations, uh, but um, he's someone that the Packers have had trouble with. And he's the type of running back that the Packers have had trouble with at times in past seasons in particular. Um, so I'm going to be curious to see if Quay Walker uh, gets a little bit of uh, more run. We've seen some of his uh, snap count numbers drop in the last couple of weeks uh but um is he out there uh, a little bit more uh in those past situations to help out uh with a guy like jd mckissick or do the packers maybe use um uh, one of their dbs uh yeah. to try to cover that up because mckissick is shifty and he's the type, type of guy that can have some of those back breaking type 
uh, uh, plays on a third and long situation. Uh, he'll make one guy miss, and all of a sudden he'll uh, pick up just enough yards to move the chains. So um, I think uh, it's going to be incumbent on Packers not to lose him. Um, he's not, you know, an all-pro level running back, but for what he does, he does very effectively. So, um, so I think we need to make sure to to really be conscious of that. Um, with with speaking of the Washington running backs, we've yeah. seen a little bit of a changing in the guard. Um, Antonio Gibson came into the season; he's been their bell cow running back for a few seasons now, but it's really been shifting to their rookie uh, running back and Brian Robinson. Um, and uh, so uh, Gibson. Uh, is a name that I think a lot of Packer fans are going to be familiar with, but uh, his impact on this Washington offense and his role is uh, has been significantly decreased. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Washington moves forward with that rotation uh, because McKissick's kind of the third down, pass down type running back, and that's never been Gibson's role. So um, I think he's a name that you might expect to see, but um, because of his diminishing role um, and expanded role for rookie Brian Robinson, uh, don't necessarily expect to see as many touches uh, for Gibson uh, on Sunday as as what you might normally have expected uh, if you're just sort of casually following what's happening around the NFL or, or with the commanders. Yeah, uh, Robinson Dean, came in and he had 17. Robinson had 17 carries last week against Chicago. Yeah. So that's, I mean, he to me, he's the number one back going in this week. It, because that's a ton of touches. I, I know Gibson's had a hard time keeping the ball uh, from hitting the ground. He's fumbled the ball a number of times over the past couple of years in critical moments. And at a certain point, it seems like this Washington offense wanted to move on. So that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, no matter who's been back there running, uh, they have been pretty inefficient uh, yes. running the football this year. So uh, this is a, a, a defensive front for the Packers that's been pretty inconsistent stopping the run. So uh, this is not a week that you would like to uh, see the Packers defense get gouged. Uh, with the opposing running team running the ball. Um, so let's see if we can get right a little bit in that matchup this week and, and limit what they're able to do running the ball. And, and then I think especially with some of the limitations they might have personnel-wise in the pass game, um, this should be on paper a, a big mismatch for the Packers offense. Um, or I'm sorry, Packers defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's going to be incumbent, I think, on them being consistent, staying focused and playing full four quarters uh, against uh, this uh, commander's offense. Because, look, the Jets didn't pass the ball well at all last week, and they were still able to be effective running in the second half and put a couple touchdowns up on the board. So um, we we really need to make sure that we don't uh, uh, let – them get in there and make some explosive plays running the ball. Um, and we know to your point that Heineke will let it loose, but I think if, if we're able to hold them in check and we're playing with a lead that plays right into our hands. And let's see if this is a week that this defense is able to get their hands on football and, and hopefully come up with a few turnovers, uh, because that's been something that unfortunately we just haven't had the opportunities, uh, so far this year to take advantage of. Uh, but I think if that is able to be something that can happen, um, that that should really shift things significantly in in the Packers' favor. Wags, one uh, other thing I wanted to highlight. 
looking at this um, Washington offensive line is Charles Leno, the left tackle. He's a guy who used to play for the Bears. He's somebody that the Packers have had a lot of success against in previous years. Um, I expect Rashawn Gary to line up against him uh, a fair amount, and Leno's going to have his hands full uh, against um, uh, against Gary. I, I think Leno's kind of like a, you know, like a, average offensive tackle that's he's good enough to start but he's not he's not somebody that consistently wins uh, at the point of attack and I think that Rashawn Gary is going to line up against him and it might make for a long day for Leno because Gary's going to be um, uh, winning uh, a number of those battles so that's a that's a spot I had talked about Montez Sweat for Washington we've got our own in Rashawn Gary who's going to make a very long day I think at the the left side of this offensive line for Washington. All right, Dan. I think it's time to get into our X Factor and score predictions. And of course, um, X Factors of the Week brought to you by Leap Spirits, Leap Vodka, and Leapin' Lemonade uh, is uh, available in retail stores and restaurants all over Wisconsin. Uh, of course, uh, but the, this Leap Spirits um, co-founder, uh, Leroy Butler, uh, was uh, recently enshrined into the Hall of Fame. So um, it, it go out there and check out yes. uh, where you can find Leap Spirits, Leap and Lemonade. Uh, go to LeapSpirits.com and click on Find Leap Spirits. So, Dane, starting on the defensive side this week. Um, and I can't remember if you went first or I went first last week, but I've got a guy circled. I've had a guy circled oh, who is all it? week. Who and uh, for me, it's, it's um, someone that's been a little up and down based on what we expected. Um, and uh, it just hasn't had quite the level of impact plays that he had last year. And I think that might change this week, and I'm hoping it does. Um, so I'm going to go with Razul Douglas. I think this is a matchup for him that um, potentially he could be unlocked and can really just go out there, play his brand of physical football, break on the ball, make some reads, um, really uh, draw Taylor Heineke into a, a couple of throws that he'll wish he has back. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm expecting uh, Razul Douglas. I think this is a week where he's going to get an interception, uh, and let's see what he can do with the ball in his hands once he gets it. Uh, so, Dane, I'm going – I think Razul, he's had some times where he's – you know, make made some nice tackles, made some some nice plays. Uh, has been flagged a few more times than I'd like to see. Spent a little handsy at times this year. Um, so I think uh, it, this could be a week where he makes a positive impact out there on the field. Make maybe making uh, a game changing play or two on the defensive side of the ball. So I've had him circled all week, and I, I'm really hoping that this is a week where we get a breakout performance from Azul. That's great. Oh, great choice. Um, and um, looking at my uh, Packers leap X factor of this week uh, on defense, I'm going to go with a guy who used to play in Washington, Preston Smith. Um, it, it's, it's a natural time. Preston's been a really good football player for this team for a number of years now. Um, but I think this is a week where he has some impact plays, um, gets to the quarterback, he gets in Heineke's face. Um, plays well against the run, placed out. You know, some weeks Preston Smith just stands out, and I think this is a week that Preston Smith's going to have a big impact on this defense. Maybe, who knows, Wait, maybe he pressures Heineke into throwing an interception to 
Razul Douglas this week, and we both uh, are happy with our selections. But I think that uh, Preston Smith's going to be my um, uh, leap uh, X factor uh, of, of week seven. Dan, I really like that pick as well. So um, moving over to the offensive side of the ball, I'll let you take the lead here. Who do you have circled as an offensive X factor this week? Yeah, I've got Alan Lazard. Um, I think that it's going to be a short passing game. I do think Aaron's going to get the ball out of his hands. Um, uh, This Washington team's pretty stout against the run. Rodgers is going to be looking to get it out. He's going to go to a big, reliable target. Alan Lazard is all of those above. And I think that he's going to be able to um, do what he does best and and um, get open against um, some some coverage from from Washington. And um, Packers might surprise some people this week. Alan Lazard, I, I think, is in line for a very, very strong performance as Aaron Rodgers starts to try to um, shake some dust off and, and start to get this offense moving a little bit better. So Alan Lazard is my X factor this week. All right. I like that too. I'm going to cheat a little bit uh, and we're going to talk about the uh, uh, multiple players because I'm, I'm going with the offensive line as a whole um, as the offensive X factor (laughs) Uh, to me, it just starts and ends there. If they're able to play better football and not just better, but up to the potential that I think we have. Look, Dean, we've got two all pro level players on this offensive line. Um, I think uh, Josh Myers, Maybe not quite there as a Pro Bowl caliber guy, but not far off uh, Mm -hmm. because everybody makes the Pro Bowl. Um, And, you know, two other guys, you know, John Runyon Jr. has been a very solid and productive offensive guard in this league. And, you know, whether they go with Royce Newman or make a change, um, you know, there's just too much talent on this offensive line for them to be struggling this much. And so I think there's a lot of, pride and professionalism in that room. Um, I think uh, certainly the coaching staff with Luke Buckus and uh, obviously with Stenovich moving over to office coordinator, but still spends a lot of time with that group. This is not a unit that we've seen struggle uh, as much as they've been. And I, I just, when you look at the totality of it, it doesn't totally make sense aside from the fact that there's been a lot of moving pieces um, in kind of who's coming back and kind of patching this all together. So uh, Dane, I, I would not only like to just see, you know, uh, improved performance, but I would like to see them play up to the level that I think they really can. This should be an offensive line coming into the season with Elton and with Dave David back. Honestly, we're talking about this being a top five offensive line unit yeah. in the league. They're, it's the same players. We're, same uh, you guys. know, we haven't been decimated by injury. In fact, quite the opposite. We've gotten mm-hmm. healthy probably faster than I expected us to uh, with this group. So uh, the struggles uh, therein are, 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 it actually is a little bit puzzling when you think about it. So, um, so I, I'm going to go with this offensive line being an X factor. And if they're, they're able to get things right uh, against a, a pretty solid uh, defensive line in Washington this week, I, I think that would uh, really, really, um, you know, uh, be a, a big time difference in what this offense is able to do. Yeah, no, I not cheating at all. Go for it. I think that's good with the O-line. I mean, it, it does. It starts and ends with them. Um, it's prediction time, Wags. I, I, I got to know. Um, let's have you go first. I, how do you see this Packer team react after a couple, you know, gutting performances against uh, inferior opponents? Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I'm going to kind of stick with a similar prediction as I made last week. Is I, I, I'm not expecting us to just go out there and flip a switch and all of a sudden just dominate right. uh, this the, the opposition. But um, I think a, a solid offensive performance, get things right up front, and just uh, uh, move the football. Um, and uh, if we can uh, get out there and put up 23 on the board, uh, I think uh, I feel pretty good about that. So I'm going to go with 23 to 13 uh, Packers. And, uh, yes, covering the spread, this is not something the Packers have done a good job of so far this season. Uh, to me, Dane, I, I think this is a game that, um, uh, honestly, Washington shouldn't, on paper, uh, have an offense that's able to get into the 20s uh, against our defense. And if we're not making mistakes on special teams, giving them the ball offensively by turning the ball over on our side of the field, and that's leading to points. Um, and and uh, I think this defense, if we're playing with a lead, can bring it for all four quarters and really hold up really well. Um, hopefully get a couple turnovers of our own on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so maybe it's not a, you know, a, a 35 to seven type performance that we get. But I, I think if we go out there on the road and, and have a, a really solid overall um, game from all three phases, come out of there with a, that type of, of score and that type of win, I would be pretty, I would feel a lot better. Um, you know, it's not going to get any easier, but at least that would be something to build on. And, and hopefully, as we've been saying uh, for the last few weeks, start to establish an identity for what this team can yeah. be. No, it's funny. I actually also have 23 for the Packers. 23-17 is what I have for the Packers. For all the reasons that you said, really, I, I don't think this offense is just going to turn on a light switch and and just all of a sudden ball out. But I do think that they're going to get into scoring position a number of times. I think that Mason Crosby's going to be able to kick a number of field goals. And um, yeah, I think Washington's able to get uh, a couple drives going, a couple touchdowns in this game, probably a field goal themselves. But overall, just think this is a better Packer team, um, and and because I, I truly believe we're going to get some turnovers against this Washington offense as well, uh, it's going to give the Packers a little shorter fields to play with as well. Uh, the Packers are going to come out on top. So again, 23-17 is my prediction. So extremely close to years, Wags, for the same reason. Um, and and you know, it just I don't see this Packers team getting 30. Uh, I just don't right now offensively, but I do see them getting creeping up closer to that this week. And I think that they can get it done. And I do think they're going to win the football game. Yeah. If the, if, if we are able to get an interception and maybe uh, turn that into a pick six, that would be how I think we could get boost to 30. Us to 30. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's, that's where I'll amend to 30 to 13 and really start feeling uh, a, a little bit more swagger again. But um yeah, I think that's a, a probably a realistic prediction. And um, I don't know what is realistic with this Packer team right now, uh, other than just to hope that they're able to make some adjustments and, and play better. Uh, honestly, it's it, 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 this, that's what we want to see is that uh, on the offensive side, play better. And uh, hopefully we didn't talk about special teams at all, but hopefully that was a one week blip and they're able to fix some things there as well. And and, and we see uh, a return to more of the solid special team play that we saw those first five weeks as well. Certainly. So Wags. We'll be back at it after the Sunday game. We'll be watching or we'll be podcasting Monday evening 
talking about all the good, the bad, and everything else from uh, Packers' trip to Washington, D.C. Um, but I'm encouraged um, But you and I see this the same way this week. I think that it's going to be um, a really fun game to watch, and let's hope the Packers um, start to figure things out and, as you said, find a little bit more identity. It's sorely needed right now. Absolutely. So, folks, thanks for hanging with us with the delayed preview this week. Um, hopefully we're able to get those downloaded on a beautiful Saturday and yes. get ready uh, for a Packer win tomorrow. Yes. So, folks, as always, be legendary and go Pack Go. go. Pack go. Every year I know we're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.